voice comes in, you know it is time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. Woo! Especially if you're one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Or hey, maybe you're putting up the holiday decoration. Maybe you're sitting by the, the, the fire, the hearth in your home. Just putting on the old DLC and putting the uh, the ornaments on the tree or or uh, just getting ready for the season. It is that time. It's getting close. Maybe maybe people don't do it until after Thanksgiving. Whatever the case, we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash DLC pod. These fine folks bring the show to you. Their support, their generosity, their commitment means that we get to keep making DLC episodes and we are grateful for that. Thank you, patrons, for making this show possible. If you are listening to this and you went and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I like this show. I'd like to see it continue. I want to be a patron as well. Well, I have good news for you. You get some cool stuff in return should you choose to support the show, including ad-free versions of the show, a video version of the show on demand, although not this week, and tons of bonus content, ladies and gentlemen, tons of bonus content. You got two seasons of Feeling This, where Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talk about the feelings behind video games, digging in deep on all the various aspects of what video games, what make them great. Also, you've got the audio podcast version of the DLC Book Club, where Lana Bashinsky and myself talking about the Malazan Book of the Fallen by Steven Erickson. So much fun. Talking about reading and books in general. That's a blast. Also, patrons get the Wednesday bonus show we call Paid DLC. That is where Lana Bashinsky, Christian Spicer, and myself talk about your comments. We have a prompt every week just for patrons. It's a two-way street, talking to patrons, talking with patrons about all sorts of off-topic topics it's a blast and you can get it exclusively by supporting the show at patreon.com slash dlc pod but this show the main show dlc it's the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also also dice luck and cardboard uh, i'm your host jeff canada spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined usually by christian spicer but not this week christian is a traveling and so that means we got to go to the one, the only. Who's that coming on the podcast today? They must be recording on a holiday. Who's going to talk about the games that they don't really want to play? He's dependable, dimensional, and so sincere. Ladies and gentlemen, GameRant.com's own Anthony Towermina. Hi, Anthony. How are you? Hi, Jeff. It's uh, it's good to be here. Uh, stepping in for Christian. Yeah, you stepped in for me a few weeks ago. Now That's you're stepping true. In for Christian, go- our go-to guy, as the song says, dependable, commendable, and so sincere. Yeah, and that day that I was stepping in for Christian, I 
or stepping in for you. I thought I was stepping in for Christian, and yeah, then we, you we bait pulled, and switched me. We pulled the old switcheroo on you. Yeah, that's true. I was feeling sick, yes. and uh, we thought uh, we thought Christian wasn't going to be able to make it, and then at the last minute he was able to make it, and then he said, "You're sick. Why don't you sit out?" And it, it all worked out. But anyway, I'm glad I get a little tower mean a time. Yeah, because, I'm in. Uh, I'm excited to hear it. you've been playing everything that I haven't, as usual. So I'm very so excited to hear you talking about COD and certain VR game uh, later. Yes, yes, but yes, yes. we also have a great guest. You know, the DLC always stands for downloadable Kanata. Usually stands for down, your, your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am excited. Excited. I can't even speak, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited. That's how excited I am. Is that my face stopped working? Because DLC once again stands for dads who love consoles because from mega dads our friend adam leonard is back with us hey adam how are you hey it's great to be here we're in the week of thanksgiving you know i feel like i'm an extended part of the dlc family i podcast with you and christian i was even on a show with lana now i'm on a show with anthony like i i really feel uh like you guys are my second dysfunctional family so it's it's great to be here I am honored. I am honored to be uh, dysfunctional with anybody at this at this point. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you are absolutely <laughs> part of the family. And, you know, these weeks when Christian's out and, and I've been traveling and it's a little crazy and chaos, I reach out to the to the friends that I know will be dependable and awesome. And uh, I know I'll have a great show. So that's that's why you guys are here. Because uh, right. the are dad my... signal goes up in the sky that's, and I'm like, oh, man, signal. it's my time to shine. <laughs> the dad signal. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a, a sad, lonely man <laughs> in, in, in silhouette. Let's in sit in our basements it's a, together. It's a pair of underwear. <laughs> All right, guys, we got a lot to get to. We got a lot to talk about. Let's uh, jump right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments or questions or anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of us and the community, be part of the community, by visiting our Discord, which is 5x5DLC on Discord. Really awesome folks hanging out, talking about all sorts of cool stuff. Get in there, become part of the community. But Adam, you're our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, this is a recent development, and it kind of fits in with a little teaser here, the game that I've been playing. But this is like the, uh, this is like the era of remakes, remasters, reheated games, and uh, Naughty Dog and PlayStation have announced that the long-rumored Last of Us Part 2 is getting remastered for PS5. Uh, might not be the most sexy remaster since the game's only a couple years old, but this is a game that I've been wanting to go back to. And so personally, I'm really excited to see this because why not play the game in the best way possible? And part of this remaster is that they're offering it with, it's just 10 bucks to to upgrade to the new version with the new bells and whistles and things like that. So I'm pretty pumped for the last of us part two remastered on PS five. I think that that point that you uh, noted there at the end is, is the one I'm most happy to see, which is if you already own last of us part two, it's $10 to upgrade it. I think Mm -hmm. that is 
the best news of this announcement as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because uh, I think, it, you know, the folks that want to double dip, it doesn't feel so painful. And uh, maybe this is the way that folks who've never played it before or just got on board because of the HBO show and are like, oh, this Last of Us thing. I, I wonder where the story goes after the show ended. Yeah. Uh, they get a chance to see it in the best possible version on PlayStation 5. I think that's cool. I was, you know, we talked about this when it was heavily rumored and it was kind of swirling. And I was worried that it was going to feel like this real double dip. And it may still, yep. but I think the that sting is blunted by the fact that, it, you know, they're allowing this path to upgrade for folks that already ponied up the the big bucks to play it originally. I think that's a stand-up thing to do. I'm glad to hear it. But there is some other stuff, interesting stuff about this. You know, they have a release date January 19th of next year. So quite soon, just a couple months from now uh, at this point. And um, it's got some new stuff in it. Not only are you going to get your your expected uh, native 4K output uh, you for the fidelity mode, your uh, variable refresh rate, your increased level of detail, improved shadow quality, all the visual stuff you might expect uh, upgrading to the newer console. But there's going to be some extra modes, which I did not anticipate. One of them, uh, which is called No Return, is going to be this roguelike survival mode with randomized encounters. Uh, one of them will be a guitar mode. Yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of unlockable instruments, uh, which they are even letting you use audio effects pedals to modulate your performance. <laughs> you can really rock out as Joel. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think it's Ellie in, in, the, in the second one that, that plays guitar most in this one. Uh, but maybe, I, maybe I'm not remembering correctly. But I, I remember playing it as, as Ellie in that mm-hmm. uh, sequence. But... Um, yeah, it was kind of a fun little mini game letting you play guitar. And I guess they're just kind of blowing that up and make it into a full mode or for, you know, free play mode. Uh, and then it's got some new lost levels, uh, playable sequences that were cut from the game, which is, I think, pretty d- darn cool. And then a, a director's commentary with Neil Druckmann and uh, narrative lead Haley Gross and Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson, and Laura Bailey, the three leads. Um, that's pretty cool. So what do you think, Adam, of the extra stuff? You know, I, I think it's a pretty decent package, especially like you said, for folks who have already bought into the game, like that seems like 10 bucks well spent to me. Um, and then I just, I just am a sucker for like the dual sense controller. So I'm interested to see like what they, what they pack into there. I, I get such a kick out of playing on my PS5 and just all the little, bells and whistles that that controller manages to make the experience so much more immersive. And of course, you know, like faster load times, things like that. I'm just really excited. I think this is definitely a title worth, worth getting back into. Like I said, I was already planning on replaying it again. Once things kind of calmed down with the, with the new releases and this is just optimal timing for me. Very cool. I mean, uh, I, I, this is a game that I remember uh, finishing and going, I loved that experience. I never want to do that again. <laughs> so I don't know how much I'm going to leap That's at. Fair. This That's fair. That's fair. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, a, it's an emotional uh, ringer that you put yourself through playing part two. Uh, Anthony, yes. Christian's not here. So yes. you know, I'm sure this would have been his story of the week, or he would have had very strong things to say about this. I'm wondering yes. how you feel about this package. 
Well, in some ways, I feel like I need to be Christian and be the most excited, but I feel like I am the least excited. Um, just, I'm just going to make him mad from home when he's listening. Hi, Christian. Um, I, okay, I should say Last of Us Part 2, I really, really like. Um, I actually was not as high on Last of Us 1 as a lot of people. I felt the stealth was a little cheap you know you would sneak up on something it would turn around at the last minute but i thought a lot of the changes they made with the second one as far as uh you know being able to sort of subdue the clickers more easily or uh without having to worry about crafting so i, I liked a lot of the changes and i ended up really really liking last of us part two i reviewed it for game rant i gave it five out of five stars i really really liked the game so anybody that wants to play the game um, I think what they're offering is great. Um, I guess my main criticisms are two. One, uh, this is a franchise that has more remakes and remasters than actual releases. Um, <laughs> that's, that's very that's true. Amazing. Yes. And two, uh, you're remastering a game that is apparently not done or supposedly not done. You know, there's still like more pieces, or at least we assume the multiplayer component. Right. Um, is not done so it just it, i don't know it feels weird it's like this game is what three years old um i don't know it feels it feels a little weird to me i don't disagree with the weirdness i think it is odd this seems awfully quick for a remaster i understand that they have a whole new you know whole new console that this wasn't designed for and they want to put the the crown jewel on the new console i get that and it it can be uh you know prettier smoother quicker load times all that's nice i i'm a little skeptical about these sure. uh, these new modes you know like, yes I, it's hard to complain about more stuff right if you if you don't want the new mode ignore it what what's to complain about i get that i'm not necessarily complaining about it i just um th- it's an odd this game is one that i don't go you know what i would love <laughs> a roguelike survival mode I, mini games <laughs> right yeah I mean, and may, hey maybe it's awesome maybe it plays really really cool but um it it, it feels kind of dissonant to me to match yes. this particular franchise which is so much about the emotional ringer and the story and the experience of being with these characters with you know die come back play it again die come yes. back see how yeah, far yeah. you can get 100 you know, it seems a little weird you know it's interesting and i definitely i think i'm kind of coming at it from a different angle where i've i'm a huge naughty dog fan just full disclosure like i love this studio and i'm a guy that you know uncharted had a multiplayer mode and everybody loved it and i always thought that was weird Mm. and then the original last of us had you know the factions and i i always thought that was weird so i'm kind of used to just kind of like taking the taking the piece of the pie that i want out of these games and accepting the things that might not be for me, but they're there. So maybe that stuff doesn't bother me as much as it might other people. But I, I certainly sure. see your guys' point. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's more, it's more so the fact that like remaster implies this game has been out, it's been completed. You know, like there's been time and distance between it mm-hmm. and you know conversations about other games, and mm-hmm. it feels like we're not, we haven't shut the book on this era of last of us we haven't moved on they've sort of hinted that maybe there's a part three or whatever it is but it 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 feels like we're not done unless the factions really is just canceled 
Um, but yeah, right. it's, I mean, like one, there's Bloodborne out there where everybody's like, Sony, please remaster Bloodborne. And like, how about we remaster this three-year-old game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and two, there's yeah. a lot of games that um, they, you know, put a little time and effort into uh, Ghost of Tsushima, for example, and just said, here's the PS5 quote unquote version. And this is, no, we're going to sell you a version. Yeah. And it feels weird. True. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I'm less inclined to criticize it because they gave the upgrade path thing. It's not, it's not a true double dip. It feels like they're really trying to give people that have never played this before the best possible version, especially in light of the show, which seems to have, you know, probably you know if you if you just got a ps5 and maybe you saw the show and you haven't played i don't know i I think there are probably folks for whom this will be the first time they play it and it's cool that 100 the coolest version so you know i'm not poo-pooing it necessarily but i'm definitely in your camp a bit anthony of feeling that it's a little it's a it doesn't even the remake felt like whoa why we what are we doing here yeah we're remaking part one is like wait where what the what time is it what year is (laughs) what time is it (laughs) yeah no yeah very very good point well there you go january 19th it's coming out and if you want to re-experience it like adam does uh then you only cost you 10 bucks that's pretty cool that's pretty cool anthony tower mina what is your story of the week game awards nominations they're here it's happening it's the end of the year the nominees are out um we've been spending all year saying this is the greatest or could be the greatest year of game releases and now we've seen how some of that has shaken out what didn't make the cut what did make the cut surprises snubs what have you um yeah yeah it's exciting times uh, another way you know the Christian Spicer isn't here. We're going to talk about the Game Awards nominees. <laughs> Christian doesn't like talking about the Game Awards. Um, yes, so we got lots of categories. We got lots of Jeff Keighley. We got uh, the top games of the year. We got six. Six nominees six. for Game of the Year in the, in, the, in the prestige category of Game of the Year. They are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Anthony, we're just starting with Game of the Year, the biggest category. Yeah. How do you feel about that slate? Okay. Well, first, I must preface everything I say about the Game Awards by saying Game Rant is a voting outlet. Mm-hmm. So right. we have uh, helped decide these nominees. So some of the like, I'm not, I don't want to like necessarily tip our hand or, or uh, also n- not talk about like the behind the scenes process. Uh, just want to say that up front. Yeah. Fair that enough. being said, um, I, I mean, th- this is a, th- to me, this is a great set of games. Um, I think, I think in my mind, I know what I think will probably end up winning. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it is what our outlet is going to vote for, but it's what I think will end up winning. But also some surprises. I'm surprised Starfield didn't make the list. I think that's the most notable sort of big prestige game that's not here. And um, I, I think that's a bummer. I mean, obviously, this is a jam-packed year with a lot of uh, really, really, really good games. And it's hard to pick six. I mean, we're going to. You know, you're going to be with us, Anthony, at the end of the year. We're going to all each have to yeah, pick yeah, yeah. only five. Now, I already am having a hard enough time narrowing down to five. Here's six, which is not much easier. And um, 
I personally probably would uh, not have put a, a remake on here, Resident Evil 4 remake. Although you know everyone seems to have gone gaga for it. I haven't played it, so I, yeah, yeah. I, it's unfair of me even to say that. But I think sure. that was the that's the one that I to think, me yes, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree that swapping that out for either Starfield or Final Fantasy 16 would have made sense. I know not not necessarily for you, but I think given the other things it was nominated for, it. it kind of feels not included same with yeah. starfield so w- one of those in place of resident evil would have made more sense to me but i also really really like resident evil 4 remake so i'm not not saying that's not deserving of being here right do you uh, uh, without again without tipping your hand or making any insurance sure. as to what your outlet is voting for etc cetera, etc cetera, is the one that you think will win uh is that tears of the kingdom is that your guess it is Baldur's gate actually Oh, really? Okay. I, I think that I would think, be a good winner. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, okay, f- t- taking myself out of it, taking the voting outlet out of it, I think, you know, Breath of the Wild already won. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I think that that is the other front runner. I think it's probably a, you know, if we're saying horse race, probably three horse race between Tears, Alan Wake, and Baldur's Gate. Yeah, and I, that's but I, I think Baldur's too. Gate is... I think so many people appreciate what it has done as far as like being a kind of genre defining or maybe yeah. genre evolving entry in a franchise that yeah. not to say that Tears of the Kingdom doesn't do a lot of incredible stuff, but I do think um, just Baldur's Gate's sheer ambition and right. the way it kind of came about, you know, obviously Nintendo is Nintendo. So they, I mean, they have two games on this list. Right. Um, so yeah, I I I would expect Baldur's Gate three. Interesting. I want to dig into some of the other categories as well, but Adam, I want to get your reaction to the six Game of the Year nominees. Do you? How do you feel about this list? Um, I mean, I am a I am a small fish in the content creator sea, so I have a I have a very limited play time, especially being the the mega dad. Dad implies I don't have that much time to play. Um, it this list says to me a. I really want to play Alan Wake too, and I'm kind of bummed that I haven't had the opportunity to do it yet. I'm really looking forward to playing that game. And B, I think I have the most outlying opinion of Tears of the Kingdom of anybody in the world. That game just did not do it for me. And I loved Breath of the Wild. Like, I was huge into Breath of the Wild. Uh, but Tears didn't do it for me very much. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a interesting, diverse slate. I I. I didn't play Starfield, but I'm also surprised that that isn't on there um, just because it's been a couple of years. It seems like that Xbox has had a marquee game on this list. Um, and really from the outside looking in, I thought that that would be that that would be present there. So, yeah, yeah. And it was a huge hit. I, people seem to like it. It had high review scores. It, it's kind of weird. There's been a bit of a backlash against it, and I, I don't know what to attribute that to exactly. But I think that there was some celebrating that Starfield didn't get a nom. Yeah. At least I saw yeah, some there was, of that online. There was celebrating, but then also like commiserating. There was this uh, concept uh, that was going around. I don't know if you saw called the Xbox tax, where they were basically <laughs> saying like, this is what we're paying for not getting Starfield nominated for stuff so that we can buy Activision Blizzard. That's that this funny. Is- this is the Xbox tax that we're so, paying. So that it doesn't look like they're a monopoly. Like, look, we don't even have a game in the game of the year nominees. 
That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever they're trying to reason. I, I mean, again, I, I do think that it does fit. Like, I don't think it's um, as as like mid level as a game as some people say. But uh, oh, I don't. Think I, I, the idea yeah. it's mid is so insane. I mean, yes. it's an incredible game. <laughs> it's it's yes. like so deep and so dense. And does it look as good as Marvel Spider Man Two or Alan Wake Two? No, but. If that's all you're judging it on, then I think you're pretty short sighted. You know, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, let's talk about some of the other categories. I thought uh, interesting that, you know, best narrative uh, added Phantom Liberty in there in Final Fantasy 16. Uh, but again, no Starfield. I think Starfield probably worthy of a best best narrative, in my opinion. I think storyline story wise, it's so there's so many stories in it. I'm a bit surprised. Um I uh, obviously, you know, there's some odd things like Destiny 2 getting uh, (laughs) best community support after all of their community supporters got laid off. So I I will say maybe the voting cutoff was before the people were laid off. Certainly possible. Yes. It's still not a great look for that. No, absolutely not. Um. You know, somebody pointed out that uh, best independent game, Dave the Diver, not an independent game. I think Dave the Diver is a phenomenal game, but not technically an independent game. And it's, you know, it kind of points to the fact that independent is often just a euphemism for not triple A, you know, it doesn't really mean it comes from an independent studio necessarily. It means it comes from a uh it's just the game itself is a bit smaller in scope yeah yeah or uh it's art style or yeah or things like that yeah 100 percent. i i think that that that's a fair debate to have um i think at the same time uh m- maybe the conversation will steer uh jeff and the powers that be to change maybe some of the categories yeah uh i think the best independent game nominee list is pretty solid cocoon a game i absolutely love I love Dave the Diver. Dredge is awesome. Sea of Stars is phenomenal. And Viewfinder, so cool. The five really excellent smaller games. I could probably come up with five or ten uh, that you could swap in and out, and I'd be perfectly happy just because it's been such an incredible year of even even smaller, more independent uh, titles. Yes. But uh, what did you think, Anthony? Uh, best independent game? category yeah no i i think a great set of five games if you're looking for you know you're in that that group that says i, I want these games that uh don't get enough attention or maybe you know do something a little different these all five of these games are really excellent uh, yeah. same in best debut indie game i think all those games are well worth playing yeah. um and i would also give a shout out to um the games that are in uh, what's the ca- games for impact. Um, yes. Those are also some really, really, really great games that are worth playing, which is another one of those kind of hard to define categories for me. Like, you know, the games for impact are a space for the unbound chance of Senar, a game. I love uh, goodbye. Volcano high uh, Chia uh, Terra nil and Venba. So uh, I like that, you know, we're highlighting games that are kind of doing something different, but I don't know what games the the phrase games for impact means sure. particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would like to say, Jeff, yes. for you as a listener who yes. listen to you talk about Final Fantasy many, many, many times. <laughs> in the best RPG category, Final Fantasy 16 is in there. So uh solved. Case solved. But so is Lies of P. Case solved. Case solved. <laughs> 
I, I think the fact that Lies of P is in there it just makes the whole thing like it means nothing. Now it means nothing. It means nothing that Final Fantasy 16 is an, in the RPG category because Lies of P is not an RPG. Right. I mean, <laughs> is it, though? I, I mean, evidently the, you can put the points into the stats, I guess. I guess and you can pick your weapon. You can pick your build. I, I don't know. I don't know what defines it. All I'm just saying is Final Fantasy 16 is in there. So it's an <laughs> RPG. We're done. Case closed. Um, yes. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of Peace. Sea of Stars. Love to see that. Getting best RPG nod. And Starfield getting its nomination in there as well. Uh, I think the best fighting game category is actually you know going to be pretty interesting to see Mortal Kombat 1 against Street Fighter 6 and of course uh yeah, God yeah. of Rock Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 and Pocket Bravery um I don't know any other things that you guys are uh interested in here uh Adam any anything you want to pull out that's yeah. interesting I I think the most interesting thing is that I have been a huge RPG fan for my entire life it is really the genre that got me into playing games and as listening to you to talk about it i don't know what an rpg is <laughs> right i don't know how yeah. to define it <laughs> at this point everything is an rpg and yeah. nothing is an rpg yeah. you know it's it's everything is and nothing is it's hard to... I, I don't know it's just kind of it's it's weird you know i've heard you guys talk about the, the game awards every year and it's it's always an interesting conversation because it is it is it's it's a hard um it's a hard thing to kind of define. Like all these genres are kind of, they kind of blend into each other. What should be there? What shouldn't be there? What does this category even mean? It's, yeah. I mean, first I mean, world we problem, have, but it, the whole thing is just kind of problematic and hard to really define, yes. right? We have best action game and best action adventure game. That that, no. uh, that for, uh, uh, <laughs> if I were a voting outlet, uh, would be a very difficult set of categories what? to decide between. I, so I've always looked at it as like action is more combat focused and then action adventure has more traversal mixed in with that. But yeah, you end up with this situation of like, well, what kind of traversal are we doing? Is it just walking or am I yeah. jumping? And then am <laughs> I, am I jumping enough? So like you have armored core in best action game, but you do spend a good amount of time flying and zooming around in your mech. So yeah, all this to it's, say, it's I'll be tuning in for the trailers. <laughs> well, I mean, so say we well all. if there's a Grand Theft Auto trailer, I'm sure everybody will be tuning in. So say we all. I uh, I, I did like seeing Hi-Fi Rush get some love, which I think was pretty cool. Oh, I want to play that so bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, and I want to mention the best VR AR game category. I thought really solid list of games. Uh, I mean, obviously we had new hardware uh, launched this year, so you're going to get more titles. But Gran Turismo 7. Humanity, which is just an amazing game, uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village VR mode, and Synapse. All of those great, great games. Um, and then I guess the the last thing I'll mention is the uh, uh, the fact that best ongoing. Christian wanted me to mention this, by the way, because he was texting me. Best ongoing game. He thinks it's uh, pretty weird. You have Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven as an ongoing game. It's like, what do you think sure. about it? I mean, it got, a, it got an expansion. Does that mean it's an yeah, ongoing oh, game? If I were a voting outlet, <laughs> I might have acknowledged the fact that in the last few years, best ongoing game have included these other four games. And maybe I was looking for some other stuff that did <laughs> new things. Fair enough. And not just putting Destiny in that slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
know. All right. Cool. Well, we will be tuning in uh, in what? Two weeks, I guess it is. Of to yeah, watch December the, 7th. December 7th. To watch the Game Awards and see who I'd love for our listeners to tell us uh, maybe in the Discord which Game Award nominee you're rooting for for best game of the year or even in any other category. Uh, and if there was any major snubs or games that you wish you could have seen on the list that did not show up. But man, what a year. What a year for games. And, and I hope that the uh, award ceremony it does them justice. All right. Uh, my story of the week, fellas. Uh, you know, we talked about a, uh, a remaster, re-release update happening a little too soon. Here's one. I would argue... Uh, waited a, a very respectable amount of time. <laughs> we, we got uh, news this week from Valve that its debut title, Old Half-Life, the original Half-Life, is getting a 25th anniversary update to commemorate the 25th anniversary of Half-Life, which A, means two things. One, I'm very old. Mm. And two, I am very old. Mm. Um the uh, the update this is this is super cool I think so they're making sure uh, the game plays great on modern uh, PCs. By the way, it was released in 1998, hence the 25th anniversary. Uh, the uh, they're you know working with the renderer, making sure everything works with modern widescreen monitors and resolutions, and you're going to have UI customization, scaling for higher resolution monitors, all the stuff you want for an older game to be able to work great on modern hardware. But also they're kind of going above and beyond and adding lots of really cool nostalgia stuff, um, honoring the game in certain ways, just kind of like elevating it to the status that it has always, you know, occupied, which is one of the great seminal games of all time. Um, It's going to have a mini campaign which was originally released as a CD exclusive for magazines and hardware manufacturers, which shows you how long ago this was uh, called half-life uplink. It's going to come out. It's going to be released with uh, some new multiplayer maps and also uh, restored content that had been taken away, like the old classic valve logo video and it, and original music. It's going to have reskinned menus to match the original 1998 build. Uh, there's all kinds of sort of Easter eggs and cool stuff. Um, content from Half-Life Further Data, which was a retail disc released in 1999. Just like a treasure trove of just old stuff. You know, it's kind of honoring this this game that meant a lot to all of us when we played it back in the olden days. And it's also going to be certified to play on Steam Deck. So, uh, and, and support controllers. So I just think this is super cool. I love how Valve seems to uh, take the responsibility to be the sort of, um, you know, the shepherds of, of PC gaming history, in, in, at least in this regard. And I think in a, even a grander sense, I feel like they are trying to do things that elevate the medium and, and respect the, you know, days gone by. And sure, this is their title. And of course, they want to, they're going to reap the benefit of it and, and, you know, it's self-serving in, in some sense, but I think this is a really cool way to honor the history of video games. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to take another crack at half-life. I've, I've played it. I can't even tell you how many times, but um, 
Adam, what do you think? Half-Life 20th anniversary update. I Well, first of all, I'm ready to turn in my gamer card right now because I have never played a Half-Life game. Any of None, neither of them? None of them. None of the, wow. It's, I know. Don't hate me. Don't kick me I'm off the surprised. show. I'm just surprised that it's, um, you know, it's one of those... It's one of those franchises, you know, even the second one, I'm yeah. surprised you weren't, you know, I feel like you were already kind of doing stuff when the second one came out. No, I, I think it's, you know, everybody's got that blind spot game that like, please God, don't, don't ask me if I've played half-life, you know, <laughs> and of course yeah. I'm on the show where we're talking about half-life. Um, it's, it's just one of those games. It's one of those franchises that has passed me by. I just have never had the opportunity. It never landed. That being said, I absolutely adore all of this like video game heritage preservation initiative. Anytime they re-release a game with like a boxed set, I've got like the uh, super Mario brothers, all-star 25th anniversary edition that they had on the Wii. I love that stuff. Put it in a soundtrack or an art book, commemorate it some way, any way that we can really preserve the, the icons of gaming history and not just like keep them around for people to play, but really spotlight the games that meant something to the industry, the games that moved things forward. And obviously, despite the fact that I've never played it, Half-Life is certainly one of those franchises. Even I recognize that. Um, and hey, maybe this is an opportunity for me to actually play it. So I, I love this. This is super cool. I think it's it's they're not even barely even charging for this. I, if I re- It might be free. Uh, I, I can't remember. Do you remember, Anthony, seeing if this was this new I Half-Life believe, I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Yeah, I think it's free to play this Half-Life. So, you know, if I can tell you one thing that might tempt you. Or actually, I should say Half-Life. They're giving Half-Life for yeah, it's, free. Till, it's completely free. Yeah, you don't need yeah, to have so owned it. Yeah. I, th- I think as of Monday, the 20th. So if you're listening to this, the day it came out, go get it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam, I was going to say, you know, if there's something I could do to tempt you, it's that this version of Half-Life will have animated water. Oh, man. Previously unavailable. The water will move. <laughs> is, but, but is there a, a free guitar mode? Is, <laughs> no, that's that's what I need to know. <laughs> that's a good question. No, I, uh, you know, I think, I think half, you know, Half-Life meant a lot to me at the time. It was a huge, huge breakthrough in what was possible in first-person games in general. Uh, and... It, it it was just a, a, a it it represented a quantum leap forward in storytelling and and how you would play a I don't know if it's still that important because everything does that now Half Life Two though I think is still is still just as revolutionary as when it came out which is amazing because I think it came out in what two thousand five or six something like that. Um, uh, yeah, so I I don't know if Half Life will hold up if you're coming to it for the first time, Adam. But I can certainly recommend. You don't even have to play the first one; just jump right into Half Life Two. Half Life Two is still so excellent. Yeah, I and it's, it's... I will say I don't know if this means anything to you. Probably not. Great VR mods. You can play both Half Life and Half Life Two mm-hmm. in VR. And they oh, I've I've great. just been waiting for uh, what is it, Alex? Half Life, Alex? Yeah. I, I, I'm just waiting for that to get announced on PSVR. I'm a, I'm I don't a PlayStation guy. I know why that guy, hasn't but... happened yet. It's really bumming me out. We're getting up to my reckoning with the uh, <laughs> the, the, the predictions. They got to announce that soon. I'm not going to get that one right. Uh, anyway, so there you go. Get If you've never played Half-Life, uh, you know, free. 
uh, as of the 20th. Check Can't it argue out. with 20th, free. 20th anniversary. Find out what's – and I think Keely, speaking of Keeley, this, this story meshes together all our other stories because, you know, Keeley famously did the final hours of Half-Life back in 98. He wrote this article. And I think uh, somebody found it. Like he hadn't – he didn't have it. It had been taken off the internet. And somebody found it, and I think he's re-releasing it to coincide with this 20th, 25th anniversary thing. So there you go. Get your Keeley, get your Half-Life, and then watch the Game Awards. Yeah. There's, al- there's also a good um, documentary, um, the people that do no clip. Yes, uh, right. Yeah. They, they uh, I guess, spun off, or they have another uh, company called Secret Tape, and they made a documentary. It's super good. Uh, it has a great Gabe Newell quote that will... In my mind, replace the Miyamoto quote about the you know the a delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. Right. Uh, his quote, uh, Gabe's quote is just uh, he says what he says like something like bad. Uh, no, uh, delayed is for a little while. Suck is forever, <laughs> and it's so good. It's so it's good. awesome. All right, well there you go. That's the news. Let's get into the games that we have been playing. But first. I need to tell you about our sponsor, which is Uncommon Goods. I don't know if you have noticed, ladies and gentlemen, but the holidays are coming. The holidays are coming faster this year than ever before. I, I've been blindsided by how fast the holidays have arrived. But good news, you don't have to panic if you haven't started your holiday shopping, if you haven't even thought about it, because Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free. Why? Well, Uncommon Goods did what I I should have done, probably, which is scour the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on my list. Yours, too! Whether you're shopping for mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, your best friends, it doesn't matter. Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Let me tell you about some of the cool stuff I have found on Uncommon Goods. How about the Ultimate Gamer's Cookbook? Recipes for an epic game night. A collection of 50 gamer-themed eat-with-one-hand snacks to keep you in the action, keep your dice rolls clean, and your stamina stat maxed out. What a cool idea. What a great gift for the gamer in your life. Uh, Maybe just for yourself, if you want to have a cool game night cook something up. Uh, What a cool thing. Another one I saw that this is just, if you are of a certain age like I am, and you've been a geek uh, for a long time, if you've been a nerd for a long time, if you've been a a PC gamer since the days of Half-Life 2, or Half-Life Original, I should say, the 90s, I found on Uncommon Goods upcycled floppy disk notebooks. These are three and a half inch. No, I guess it's uh, five and a quarter. Yeah, five and a quarter, three and a half inch floppy disks, which, if you recall, uh, weren't very floppy. Three and a half inch floppies were the the hard ones, you know, with the uh, copy protection that could toggle on and off in the corner. Anyway, somebody has taken those and turned them into notebooks, little awesome little notebooks. I mean, this is handmade. It's clever. You you get a pack of three, and what a fun gift to give to somebody to make you, you know that I know that you know that I know that we both remember 
these uh, relics of old technology. Very, very fun stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what is available on Uncommon Goods. And when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. The products are often made in small batches. You want to shop now before they sell out for the holiday season. And Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the United States. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you could find just anywhere. Uncommon experiences are more than virtual classes. They're unexpected opportunities to have fun and connect in new ways from tarot card reading, romantic map making, cooking and mixology classes, and more. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back a dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash DLC. That's uncommongoods.com slash DLC for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Ooh, Adam, I uh, I threw a game under the bus a little bit uh, during our <laughs> discussion on the Game Awards, and uh, you have been playing it. I have. Uh, I have not, but uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake is on your playlist. Well, what do you think of it? Yeah, it's like, go, Adam, defend it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me how I'm wrong. Well, well I, I'm glad that I'm on this episode where we're representing, like, old games, right? And it's like remasters, yeah, sure. recognizing old games. I, I remember very vividly. <laughs> age recognize age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I rub my lower back, I need my heating pad. But um, I, I, the games that have meant a lot to me in my life, I, I have these just vivid memories around playing them. And I can remember playing the original Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. I just, I just remember it clear as day. And I think that these Resident Evil remakes, I'm a big fan of the franchise. I think these Resident Evil remakes that they've made have just been absolutely superb. Um, it really takes that idea of when you look back on a game and the way your mind remembers it, how great it was. But if you go back and play it, it's like, oh, well, the controllers are kind of crappy and the graphics are a little jank. But these Resident Evil games, these remakes, do such a good job of taking your mind's eye and putting it on screen. And mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil 4 remake is really uh, a great embodiment of that. The, the RE engine is fantastic. Graphically, this thing is just amazing. The monsters are sick and gross looking and uh the environments are dark and dank and really you see the shadows casting of things around the corners it's just graphically the fidelity wise it's it's phenomenal phenomenal um the other thing is this game is scarier than i remember i don't remember <laughs> it helps I don't when remember. everything looks disgusting now and yeah. realistic yeah. it's even scarier it actually looks like it might rip my face off yeah uh, <laughs> It was something that I don't recall having because Resident Evil 4 is really the game that kind of pivoted this series into more of like an action combat game. Um, but boy, this this remake has given me more than a few jumps, um, which kind of plays into the fact that my my tip for anybody who goes into playing these games, especially if you're a person who is kind of timid when it comes to horror games, 
throw these suckers on easy mode. Yeah. I've been playing all of these remakes on easy and it really leans into that action hero badass feel that you get when Leon has his shotgun slung over his shoulder and he's got a rocket launcher and his bulletproof vest. And this game is meant to give you that feeling of empowering the horror over the horror, like really growing into your strength. Uh, a lot of these horror games are all about the scares, but resident evil always has that ramp up of you start out just running for your life. But by the time you hit that midway point towards the end game, you are just stocked and loaded and ready to blow the crap out of everything that gets in your way. So throw this on easy. It'll make it less scary. It'll make you feel more empowered and it'll seem more like an action, an action movie, uh, which I think Resident Evil 4 is kind of superb for. Hmm. Uh, the only the, the other thing I want to say about Resident Evil 4 is just how genius the uh, the economy is in this game. So much of Resident Evil has always been about, you know, trying to stock up on your ammo and your health and you're really trying to hold on to as much as you can and get through by the skin of your teeth. And this game throws in this treasure element where you're hunting through the maps to find all these treasures that you can trade in for new ammo or new health or new weapons. And it really gives this new dynamic of how are you going to survive? And you can invest in the tools that you think will be best suited for that survival. So you level up your weapons and you level up your body armor. And it's just a masterful balance as you go through this game of scares and action and investment in the character. Maybe it's an RPG. Who the hell knows at this point? Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I really love it. I've been holding on to it. I got it on sale a few months back, and I've uh, been wanting to play it. And this was the perfect opportunity. I wanted to play it before the end of the year so that I could really get a good calculation on if this is Game of the Year caliber. Um, and I am just loving my time with it. So good. You mentioned having a vivid memory of, of the first mm -hmm. time you played it on GameCube. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in revisiting this game that has surprised you has triggered memories that you didn't, you didn't recall, you know, things that, uh, you know, you, you didn't remember remembering. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the bad side of the, the, the coin is just like, Oh my God, my memory is terrible. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think they do. And I think all of these games do a great job of like, it is the same experience, but they do a few changes and surprises in like kind of the order that things happen, or at least I remember them happening so that, you know, certain characters reveal themselves at different points. And, uh, it's, it's all, it's all still there. Some of the things are less hokey. Some of the things are a little bit more hokey. Uh, it's kind of like a remix, right? So it's yeah. it's fun for a guy like me who remembers playing it because there are some surprises in there. But overall, I just love the ability to go back to this game, kind of like how I was speaking before, in the best way possible. Um, it's super accessible. It's available on everything. It's pretty cheap now. You can get it on a good deal. And it's just the best way to play one of what I consider to be the, the best action games of all time. Action adventure, I think, technically. Action adventure RPG. <laughs> <laughs> and a game for impact. Yes, yes. Independent game for sure. <laughs> That's Resident Evil 4 Remake, your indie game of the year. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Taormina, you, as usual, are playing uh -huh. everything. And I'm so excited to hear about so many of the things on your playlist. Um, yeah. Where it's would you lot. like to start? 
Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of <laughs> sad Christian's not on here because I have so many things to talk about that he's. I sent him many text messages this week of things that I got in the mail, and he would tell me whether or not he was intrigued by them. Um, <laughs> I've got a yeah. I, I got, got my hands a, on a Bed Bath and Beyond gift card. Are this, you intrigued by down it? Down comforter is right up your alley. Anyway, fifteen percent off anything in the store. Medical bills. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'll kind of let you guide me if you want, or right, I can. I, yeah, I'll tell you what I want to hear about first. Okay, and that's uh, the Super Mario RPG. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm so, tempted to buy that myself. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I've been attempting to play it with my son. He's, uh, I think I mentioned on the show that we, we've sort of been able to play quite a few Switch games together. We did get him his own Switch Lite. Um, it's a little, a little more challenging for him. It's a little higher above his skill level because, um, it, it's, lots of reading, right? Well, yes, obviously the reading part, but, um, the, it's the kind of timing. So I don't remember if the original Mario RPG had this, but when you attack, uh, an exclamation point will appear. Mm-hmm. And if you hit hit the button at the same time as that appears, you'll get kind of a stronger right. attack. Yeah. But at the same time, if an enemy's attacking you and the exclamation points up and you hit it, you can sometimes mitigate all the damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him, he, the timing is just not there. So he's getting hit real hard and it's like, okay, we're dead. Um, so I think that's a little challenging. It's maybe not, not for us to play together or it's one of those where i play and he watches which he does not enjoy um but for me for me personally like i think the game is incredible um visually very charming still i love the design of mario he's a little different looking than a lot of the games he's a very stubby um stubby little guy and i think it's just a it's just such a fun adventure it uh the combat is very uh, I wouldn't say mindless, but it's it's simplified in a way that you're not like uh, in, in traditional RPGs managing so many different things. You can kind of make your choices. You could maybe basic attack your way through it if you wanted to, but you do have the abilities on the various characters. You can also um, scan the enemies. Uh, I think it's called Thought Peak or something like that, where you look at what they're weak to and then you can use magic and maybe exploit those weaknesses. Um, I'm not super far into it and maybe only a few hours, but so far what I've played has been great. I think, um, if you remember the game, which I vaguely do, um, or if you've never played it before, I think it's well worth playing. It's just a different style of Mario game. That's still super well-made. It's very much in the, the Nintendo realm of, they gave me something I didn't know I wanted and they did a great job, you know, not unlike like Mario and Rabbids or. Yeah, uh, not to say that that's a Nintendo Nintendo, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, they do something that that's unexpected and they do it so well that you don't really uh, understand how they can just keep mixing genres and doing so well with all of them. But yeah, Mario RPG is great, man. I, I might have to pick this up. I, I was trying it's to good, not. Yeah. I'm still, you know, my son and I are still working through uh, Wonder and he gets so excited when we find secrets and extra levels and stuff. And, you know, we're still kind of knee deep in that, but man, I was like, I didn't want to tell him that, Oh, there's another new Mario mm-hmm. came out like two weeks later, <laughs> a month yeah. later, whatever it is. Yeah. I've been considering, uh, so you can hold up to three saves. I'm con- I've been considering, you know, popping onto the second save file and just playing by myself <laughs> um, yeah. because it is, yeah, it, it is still a challenge for him. Get it. Cause you, it, it's almost essential hitting that button press. 
Yeah. And and he yeah. just can't get in. Um, right. But it, it, yeah, it's been super fun as far as like there's some platform, not super platform heavy, but like some platforming things where you get some secrets and some some puzzles um, that I assume that they are they were in the original game. Again, my memory is very, very foggy yeah. um, on it, but I have done nothing but enjoy every little bit I've played of it. And it looks it looks very good. It, it doesn't look like, uh, you know, they phoned in the visual part. That's awesome. Awesome. Super Mario RPG out now. All right. Let's talk next about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 because that's okay. a game I will not be playing. <laughs> yes. And it's a game that I think most people should not play. Wow. Um, Straight up. It is, it, is, wow. it is by far the worst campaign. I'm a campaign guy. I'm in yeah. that camp. I, I like the campaign more than the multiplayer. It is by far the worst campaign I've played Call of Duty, period. Um, I think mm. part of that is because, um, you know, there was those rumors of like, this is, this was meant to be DLC for Modern Warfare 2, or this was, yeah. you know, rushed or this or that, whether or not those are true, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you play the first level and you're, you think, okay, this is like a straight up traditional Call of Duty level. You're with, you're with your other guys. There's some crazy bombastic things happening. And then you get to the second level. And you go and there's a crate and you open the crate and some armor plates come out and a weapon and comes out. And then you go, wait a second, am I playing Warzone or what's happening? <laughs> and then you play the second level and you're parachuting into the level and then picking up crates. <laughs> and it's like, oh, OK, you're just reusing DMZ slash Warzone stuff. But then there are other levels that are more traditional Call of Duty and they don't have the armor plate stuff. Hmm. It's very clearly like two sides of a different coin that have been like fused together in an effort to make a campaign. Interesting. Um, and yeah, it, it just, I don't know. It did nothing for me. I wasn't engaged at all. It does have some familiar characters. It has your uh, Makarov shows up and mm-hmm. um, some characters from the first Modern Warfare do show up. But yeah, it just, it, it fell completely flat. I was... um. I just didn't they use those missions so much and they're they're more like open areas where it's yeah. like, okay, here's an objective point, go however you want, but along the way open chests, get better weapons, and then you go and you you do that thing and then you run to the other side of the open area and you're you're not really what what I like about the Call of Duty is or the Call of Duty campaign specifically is they they feel like Michael Bay, you know, right. ratcheted up, you're yeah. doing and it, there's not as there's not enough of that at all um it's very short takes you about maybe four hours it just yeah when you're doing those open missions it feels more like a co-op game or Hmm. or like the side stuff not the campaign element yeah i do think the multiplayer is solid it uses a lot of the um modern warfare 2 maps so if you have that nostalgia for modern warfare 2 maps i think the the multiplayer is actually pretty solid so i i think you if you're going in for that, I don't think you'll be too disappointed. But if you're like me and you're somebody that actually likes the campaign, I know that they it seems like that's rare. But then so many people say it. And I, yeah, I think it's actually uh, one of my favorite things about Call of Duty. But this is it's very bad. Man, that's <laughs> surprising. I mean, I, I can't see it's disappointing because I wasn't going to play it either way. But I, you know, I'm surprised because the, you know, the, like you said, the Call of Duty campaign for good or ill has always been this hyper-focused, 
like moment to moment, super scripted, super crafted thrill ride. And the idea of them, I mean, I like the idea of them maybe trying to do something different, I guess, but it does sound like they, they didn't really have a clear vision of what that was. Yeah. It, it It's just, yeah, it's really weird. Um, even, even the ones that a lot of people aren't big fans of, like, um, was it two years ago? Vanguard. Yeah. Or, um, the one, the one that I think it was black ops four, maybe where they tried to like get back into the crazy paranoia, cold mm-hmm. war stuff. Yeah. Uh, even those, like, I didn't mind. It was kind of like, well, there's, there's so few games that do what call of duty does that it's fun to, you know, jump into that campaign for a few hours every year. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, this one, I thought they're crazy. You know, I I'll give it a shot. And then that first mission, I thought, Oh, people are, people are just looking for something different than what I am. Then I got into that second mission, picked up armor plates and said, Oh, never mind. I see. I see what everybody's <laughs> talking about. I see what everybody's talking about. <laughs> there you go. Call of duty, modern warfare three, at least the campaign. Uh, sounds pretty disappointing. Uh, what about the uh, the new PSP? PlayStation Portal, yes. I've got it. Um, I, you guys talked about, about it quite a bit. Um, Christian bought one. I'm assuming I'll no, hear more. No, Christian, Christian did not buy one. He said he bought one. Do, uh, when did you hear that he bought one? Not too long ago. Did he, okay, did he tell you he did not buy When I sent him the picture of it, he said he canceled his pre-order. Oh, he didn't tell me that. So, yeah. So that he. Uh, Listen, yeah. I bought the Quest 3. That's specifically what I said because, because he bought the PS Portal. And he was like, whoa, yeah, well, look, we're both throwing money away. Ah, look, <laughs> That's look. what I said to and him. Now I he's said, completely. I don't uh, know you anymore. Yeah. Completely bait and switched I, I said, me. Jeff bought the. He said he he was like I don't need it I don't need it and I said you don't need it Jeff and he still bought it that's right and and then I said Christian you don't need this you don't need this and he was like yeah I I actually had already decided I don't need it myself that is so not cool Christian so not well, cool yes. so maybe next week he'll be able to tell the story um but yeah I've been messing around with it I think again it you're either in to what the PlayStation portal is offering, or it is a completely pointless device for you. Um, it's, it's just hard to reconcile like it being a middle ground device. You're either just super into the PlayStation five ecosystem. You like this idea of remote play so much that you want this dedicated device. It does work extremely well. It connects, um, relatively fast. It's, you know, it doesn't have a lot of, um, those sort of like, oh, well, I'm using my phone and I don't really know what's happening. It it, it makes it really elegant to, to just connect directly to your PlayStation. Um, having the DualSense controller on either side of the screen is nice. I'm a big fan of the DualSense controller. Yeah. Um, there, but yeah, there are there are some weird things about it. Number one being it doesn't have Bluetooth. So if you want to listen to audio... You either are on just using the speakers that are on the device, which to me sound perfectly fine. Um, but, it, you know, if you're like in bed next to a partner or something like that, or you want right. to be quiet, um, you can use a wired headset or eventually coming out is the Pulse Explore headset or the other um, PlayStation Link headset. I do have the Pulse Explorer that came with the PlayStation Portal um, from Sony. Hashtag provided by PlayStation. <laughs> um 
And and those are, the, those are the earbuds. They work extremely well. You can use them outside of the PlayStation Portal, and they are really really good earbuds. But they're so, not Bluetooth. They do have Bluetooth. They have Bluetooth, oh, okay. and they have the link. They actually oh, do. Okay. They're one of those um, headsets that do both. So you can actually listen to like Spotify on your phone and your game audio if you wanted to. Oh, cool. Um, get you a get you a headset that does both. Exactly. Yeah, I um, get, you, I get it. But yeah, so it, I mean, it, it works well. It does everything you want it to do. So if you want this device, it works well. But I don't know who wants this device. <laughs> yeah. I thought I knew somebody that wanted the device, but I guess I was wrong. Well, yeah, I, I, I feel like this game, this would have been more sought after if it came out alongside Spider-Man. Where we were all like, Getting the platinum, we were all doing the side quests. <laughs> yeah. Now we it's a little to be harder. In our bathtub doing that. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it, it works. <laughs> Awkward you know. pause. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I had to take a moment to cough. Apologies. Um, but yeah, it it's it's good. It's good. All right. I mean, I. You can do all the stuff that it does with a phone. With right? a phone, yes, a hundred percent. So. It's weird. If you have a really, really good phone with an OLED screen and a backbone. Yeah. Like Christian already does what the things that the PlayStation Portal does. So it's, yeah, it's a, li- it's a little harder to justify, but I think there will be people and there already are people. It's already out. Yeah. Who are saying, yeah, this, this is amazing. Right. And I it see. does work really well. So it's, yeah, my you know, social it, it is feeds, pretty there's, great. There's a lot of people praising this thing and I'm, I'm the guy who is more than happy to throw money at PlayStation, but I look at this thing and I'm just confused. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Is this the screen yeah. nice? Is it like, it's, ni- it's a nice screen. It's not an OLED screen. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it looks crisp. It looks clean. Yeah. Um, I will say like performance wise, you really have to make sure your PlayStation is doing absolutely nothing. Like if you if you're downloading a game and then trying to do this, you will get the most pixelated picture you can possibly imagine. Well, yeah, I don't think that's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gotta expect that. Sure, sure, sure. I just I'm saying, yeah, for yeah. those people who are like, oh, you know, I want to use it as if it's like a portable PlayStation. Right. You know, like at home, I could start a download for uh the new Call of Duty and keep playing my save file of PlayStation of mm-hmm. Spider-Man, and it yeah. would be fine. There would be no issue. This because it Right. Um, connects wirelessly to your PlayStation. Anything that your PlayStation is doing with its network beyond connecting to the portal is going to degrade the quality. Hmm. All right. Well, interesting. I, you, yeah. Do you see yourself using it? Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm waiting for a game. You know, yeah. I'm waiting yeah. for like a PlayStation game like a Spider-Man. I already yeah. got the platinum, but like a game, it would have been great for that. Right. For me to just be able to go, I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to get like six spider bots real quick. Yeah. Um, but on January 19th, when, when Last, Last of, of Us, Us remaster. remaster comes out, you'll be all over it. Yeah, I'm going to be on the toilet <laughs> making sure those fireflies pay. <laughs> <Love Hey. it. laughs> uh, all right. What else? What else is on your, your plate? You got a, so many things on here. What else is going on? Okay. Um, I got a Steam Deck OLED. <gasps> you did. Um, I did. Oh, and is my Steam Deck garbage now? So, you know your current Steam Deck 
that yes. you have and that I, have, I that had I, one. Yes, that I now love. Imagine if the power button was red. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, I mean, it really it is the best version of the Steam Deck currently available. Right. Um, there's no question about that. It the screen is more vibrant. It supports HDR. It the thing feels lighter. It says it's only like a few grams lighter, but it definitely feels lighter. Mm. Um, there's um there's a newer chip inside that has allowed for kind of more room for cooling, so it is much much quieter. Like you oh, know, that's almost, a big deal because the thing well, is yeah, not whisper quiet. quiet. Yeah, hundred so percent. My Steam Deck is quite loud. <laughs> yes, yes, no, absolutely. It's. This is runs cooler, runs quieter. So that's a big one for people. Yeah. Um, the OLED screen is up to 90 hertz. So, you know, you can mess around with your frame rates and, and your, your power draw and things like that to either get more or less performance out of it and extend the battery life, which is better. Um, you know, on the Steam Deck, you I don't mess around too much with the settings, but I was lucky to get two hours. Now I can get, I think, closer to four. Hmm. or mess around with stuff and get closer to five or six like really pushing it if i'm like you know playing a a a less demanding game and and dropping it down to like 30 and dropping the performance down and then the power draw and everything so yeah it it is without question the better the best version of the steam deck currently available do you need one if you already have a steam deck probably not right um like if you're going to spend that money, obviously you could add a little more on top of it and get a more powerful handheld like a ROG Ally or right. um, yeah. a so Lenovo it's, it's, Legion Go. It's cool that they updated it, but it's this is not, you know, a replacement for one you already've got. It feels like it's like, oh, it's slightly better. Yes, it I is. Mean, man, the, you know, like if you if you bought you specifically, Jeff. Yeah. Who like got a Quest Three and was like, "This is better." I am happy with my purchase. Yes. I think you'll be one hundred percent happy with this purchase. Well, I'm not doing this. By by the way, okay. I I did get a Switch OLED, uh, not because I thought it was going to be better than my Switch, but because my switch had been beat to hell because by my children. So I yes. was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get myself a nice new switch. And, uh, I can tell that it is a better screen, but it's not, it's not like, Oh, I would never go back. It's, 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 it's nice. It's, it's a nice yeah. thing. I would, I would say the most compelling thing you said is the quiet part. Yes. You said the quiet part loud, and I was like... It's true. It's true, yeah. I was it's, all, yeah, because th- that of that smaller a, chip, it allows it to be man. cooler and quieter. That's the most tempting part. I mean, I still don't think it's like five, $600 tempting, but it's, it is very nice to not hear that thing, that airplane engine take off when I load up a demanding game. I think yes. that would be nice. Do you think I could get an OLED edition of my children? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good that question. Lovely. If I we would could like turn the, them down, yeah, I was gonna say I like the quiet, the yeah. quiet part. Yeah, if if you could have a slightly quieter child, that would be wonderful. And they look, they look great. The problem <laughs> is, the problem is uh, that version also has longer battery life. Oh crap! Which I do not yeah, want yeah. with no. my children. I want less. Go to battery sleep. Life. <laughs> Go to sleep. Yeah, it's it, it is. Uh, it is a weird thing of like 
you know, you have these devices and you say, well, the battery life, but then, you know, you then have the kind of tech enthusiasts who want to mess with it. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't have a better battery life. And it's like, well, yes, it's so hard to review these things because you can push them to the max and just get like two hours no matter right. what. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, battery so, life is so subjective. It's like, well, what game are you playing on? And then what are you asking of it to do? And yada, yada, yada. But yeah, but I think, you know, quieter. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It, it is. Yeah, I'm, you know, there's, like I said, no question. It's the best version of the Steam Deck available currently until I, I have a Steam Deck too. good friend who I was hanging out with this weekend who told me that he was going to be traveling. And so he bought a, a Steam Deck like two weeks ago. <laughs> Oh, like so they they don't have like a <laughs> hey whoopsie type of deal, I don't do they? I mean maybe I, I not that I'm aware of but that was, that's gotcha. a, that's a bummer and he was like what the he's like well he heard he told me he was listening to the podcast and he heard uh, us talking about it and he was like well if they upgraded it then well, at least I got the less expensive one <laughs> he's like that's no, the same price <laughs> same price he's like ah yeah. come on and, Val. and more and more storage so. <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that's rough when you finally jump into the Steam Deck uh, right before they announce the new one. Oof. Um, what else is on your playlist? Well, I mentioned it. I did get a. I did also get a Lenovo Legion Go <laughs> this okay. week. All right, uh, you got lots which, of hardware. Everything. Yeah, it was, you're Mister Portable I, at this point. I put Jeff so much hardware. Did you, you did. think I was lying? No, I I doubted it and now I'm uh, I'm the wrong one. I'm, I well, I sent wrong. like I said, I sent all these things to Christian and that was the only one where he went, "Okay, let me know how it is." The other ones he went, "I'm good." Even the Steam Deck, even the Steam Deck. Really? Yeah, Mr. I said, "I don't I feel like I don't know you anymore. Who yeah. are you?" Was the Lenovo uh that was the one that's supposed to be uh even more powerful, right? Yes, so it is um, of the handhelds that I have used, it is the most powerful, but it's marginally so. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like the Rogue Ally is, is right up there. Um, this one's sort of the claim to fame is that it has a, sort of like a the middle section can uh, pop out the controllers a la uh, Switch right. or OG Switch. And doesn't it have so that you- weird like first person shooter Mode yes. Thing. So you, it has a kickstand, and then it comes with like a little circular thing that I didn't even understand what it was. It looked kind of like a lens case with a okay. hole in it. But it, it's yeah, it's like a lens case with a hole in it. And you, so the right controller actually the buttons are um, more towards the outside of the controller. So mm-hmm. like on the Steam Deck, if you can imagine the Steam Deck, it has the two paddles like where your fingers rest. Yeah, and on the the legion go the left two paddles are still there but the right ones are more where your palm would sit okay uh, wrapping around the edge but that's so that when you pop off the controllers you actually turn the right one and you put your fingers where your palm would sit kind of like a joystick or a flight stick yeah so your fingers are now in like they're in like trigger position yes and you're you know you're um you're uh Almost like kind of like a HOTAS situation. Um, yeah, right. If you wanted to use that. Uh, I haven't really used it. I it was like, this is kind of fun, but eh, is it super? But just being able to hold it, hold the controllers and then have the the stand sit up or the, the screen kind of sit up would be nice, like for traveling on planes or something like that, where you mm-hmm. similar to the switch, you know, it's like basically yeah. 
they went after the more powerful switch approach and it is more powerful it is able to run a lot of um games at like 40 45 you know lesser demanding games up to 60 it's a nice screen very clean got the hall effect windows six it does run windows it's similar to rogue ally or or Mm -hmm. any of those so you can it has um sort of like a, the Lenovo's version of a kind of um, a hub. So, it, you know, you can install Epic or Xbox and then you can kind of click on those or it'll it'll store all your games in one central area. So if you wanted to play Forza from Game Pass, you could just click on Forza. It'll load up Xbox and then take you to Game Pass and take you there or load up Steam, play a game from Steam. Um, yeah, most of the handhelds do that um some of them you know better than others uh i haven't really encountered any any issues with this one but i'm sure i will every single one i've had or used that's used windows has been sort of hit or miss because that's kind of the beauty of steam deck is it's kind of like a self-contained system but yeah anybody that you tries pc gaming you know sometimes you turn it on and it's just like not today (laughs) right Right. Not today. I know yeah. yesterday or I know five minutes ago I was working just fine. Yeah. Not today. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And then you turn I, it I, off and you're like, I'm going to bed and you wake up and it's like, I'm good today. Yeah. Well, sorry. I yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah that, I mean, <laughs> that's what I've experienced. Plenty of that. Um, but yes, it's I don't know which handheld to tell you to buy, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Basically, well, are you, Taormina? I don't know. It's they keep sending them to me, and I just say, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll review it." So then I review them, and I'm like, "I don't even know what to tell people." It's it's basically a little more powerful, but yeah, the battery life's a little less. So well, it's also more expensive, right? It's like it's uh, also yeah, it's also yeah. more expensive, but the controllers pop off. So does that seem neat to you? So you haven't so, tried the like wacky uh, joysticky? Just a little bit of it, and it was kind of like. I don't want to because you have to basically rest your hands like that's the beauty of putting the screen on the table is like I can sit back. Right. But putting it then it's like, well, I'm just why wouldn't I just put it back on the screen and rest my hands on a table or wherever? Yeah. But it works. I mean, it works. It like you feel like yes. you can control the games with it. OK. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it definitely works. It's it's a cool. It feels more like a gimmick, I guess. Yeah. But. It, it it read like a gimmick when we first saw the announcement. I was like, "This doesn't." Uh, people clamoring for this way to control games. It feels like a gimmick, but yeah, yeah, it just feels. You know, to be honest, there are so many companies doing the different things. It feels like, hey, we just we yeah, wanted to be different. We yeah. saw what the Switch does. Yeah, I get and that. I, I can appreciate that, and that's yeah. cool. If you said which one should I get? I would say if you want the most powerful one, probably Rogue Ally. If you want the most like user-friendly one, Steam Deck. Yeah. It is nice to be able to just natively go to Game Pass and stuff if you've got a Game Pass subscription. Uh, I think there are ways to get that on Steam Deck, but it's not easy. Yeah. You know. Yes, so having it be more PC-like and, and yeah. being able to like you know, I don't just browse the internet, go to Netflix, still have a device that isn't as restricted as the Steam Deck is, is, is nice. But again, when weird stuff happens on the Rogue Ally, you're like, well, this is Windows at work versus, um, yeah. what was it like uh, a few weeks ago? You had Jeff Grubb on and he said, it keeps eating, the Rogue Ally keeps eating my armored core save. Yeah. Um, and so like that, that's what you're dealing with. Whereas Steam Deck, I think, is less likely to do that. Right. 
But going to give you less frames. Sure. So I got to get this. Take frames. that as you will. Um, Adam, you said you were not interested in the PlayStation Portal. What about a uh, – do you have a Steam Deck? Are you covet a Steam Deck? Do you want a Steam Deck? No, no. I um, If I'm not sitting on the couch, I am probably at karate, you know, or – Oh, humble brag or something like that. So I'm not sitting on the couch. I'm probably breaking bricks and sticks. Yeah, I'm I'm doing man things, you know, (laughs) going outside, (laughs) looking at nature. No, I all of these things are just like I didn't even know this existed. uh, To be perfectly (laughs) honest with you, (laughs) that's fair. That's yeah, fair. fair enough. It's an interesting it's a it's a suddenly crowded market. It's weird, right? Like all of a sudden, all the options. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other games you want to talk about, Anthony? Um. Well, I know there's a VR game, but I yeah. know you want to play the music. Um, I do. I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last game I'll talk about is Last Faith. Okay. Uh, I've said many times on the podcast, I'm a huge fan of the side-scrolly, Souls-like, mm. Metroidvania-type games. Yeah. This is one of those. I think this is a very good one of those. Um. I've t- uh, blasphemous is one of my favorites. Uh, obviously hollow Knight is a great one. Um, but yeah, this is, it, it's got some Metroidvania elements. So you get different traversal abilities. You can get places you couldn't get before, but it has those souls like elements of you die. You respawn at a certain point. You have to fight the same enemies. You have to get your quote unquote souls or currency back. Use that currency to upgrade your character, different stats, buy stuff. It's, multi-purpose currency so to speak um but also crazy bosses that have elaborate attack patterns where you're you're dodging on the ground or you're jumping in the air or maybe jumping in air dashing and kind of reading their attacks and then getting your own attacks in at the same time it's my absolute favorite of those kind of like i don't know in i guess indie um genre of games uh and last face last faith sorry is uh, the latest one, and I, I really, really had a great time with it. I highly recommend it. Sounds like a good game to play on your Lenovo handheld. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I Also, I uh, recommended it to Christian. He said, I'm not interested. And I said, what? what? You're the Vania guy. I don't like how often he's being referenced when he's not even here. You know? <laughs> That's true. That's I don't. True. Sorry. You know, I'm so, I apologize. It's okay. No, it's fair. It's fine. Uh, but you know, he doesn't even bother to show up and we're just getting all this, all this name checking. Well, I'm supposed to be, I'm like trying to, his spirit is trying to come through me and I'm forcing (laughs) it back down. I'm forcing it back down. You're getting uh, poltergeisted or you're getting uh, possessed. Uh, fair enough. Um, last faith, last faith, uh, thumbs up from Taramina. And you are an aficionado, as you said, you're an aficionado of these games. So that, that, that brings, uh, I think some. Yeah, some some, some listeners, yeah, have said like, you know, messaged me on Twitter or something like that and said, oh, you know, did you play this game? And uh, no, I haven't. Uh, like, thank you. And the, or they'll say, I'm looking for games like, I think it was Moon Scars last year. Mm. They're like, would you know, we had a, I had a conversation on Twitter about it. So those of you out there who know what I'm talking about, Last Faith is the new good one of those. The new good one, Last Faith. Although I, I would like to play Last Face. Sure. Whatever, whatever that is as a game. That sounds fun. Um, I was traveling almost all week. I kind of went on a retreat. Uh, and I'm sure I'll talk about that at some point. But uh, I'm still playing uh, Talos Principle 2 mostly. Um, but uh, I, I look forward to talking about more games I have been playing next week 
uh, as I am back and have time to dig into new stuff. Um, I apologize for not having anything on my playlist, but I would like to use my time to hear about a game I am very excited about in VR Talk. You uh, mentioned to me that you had an early uh, copy of Assassin's Creed Nexus, mm-hmm. the new VR Ubisoft joint, uh, which yeah. I had heard uh, surprisingly positive things about. Mm. And uh, first, first, tell me which headset you're playing it on. Quest three. Okay, uh, played on Quest three. So, so uh, untethered on Quest three, right? Just standalone. Indeed, yeah, and yeah, yeah. no, uh, not from PC or anything like that. Um, right. I packed up my Quest three. I drove up to Christian's house. Uh, when I, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's it's good. It Everything is, you heard, it is so. I'm so excited. I had some finicky issues with the kind of climbing. Um, I'm not. Did you when you played Horizon? Did you, you know, the handholdy thing? Did you ever have any issues? Or was like, eh. no. But there's a lot of VR games that do that, so I sort of know. Okay, what the deal is I had some of that, um, and the combat is a little dry or not exciting. It's very much uh, the enemies are really like slowly t- telegraphing their attacks. So like guy with the axe pulls his axe back you know 90 degree angle to the right and he's gonna swing so you have to put your sword up or whatever your right. weapon is to block there yeah and you really can't hit him until you block so it's it's a little kind of tedious there where you're like let's come on let's speed it up a little bit mm. but besides okay. that it is a very good representation of assassin's creed um the way that they do the parkour is kind of just you hold a button. Mm-hmm. You look where you know forward. I was playing mostly standing. I know you can play seated. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to go for as immersive as possible, and you're just holding forward, and it will automatically, you know, jump over the gaps or or kind of jump you up, and then you need to grab. It's got like a good just locomotion to it that feels very very nice, very Assassin's is, Creed, you know? Yeah, which is how it is in the on the console versions. Yeah. Just yeah, so that I mean that yeah. that yeah, that's it's it's super fluid. Um climbing is as you would expect, you know, you're you're using the grips of the quest controller um to to grab on the edges, you know, you're reaching up right hand to hold and then left hand to reach a little higher higher and then yeah. alternating. Right. You can sort of pull yourself a little bit, you can uh, both hands and then kind of uh pull up and then let go to jump a little higher. Right. Which is pretty neat. Uh, it does have the signature leap of faith. You, oh, that's you get cool. To, yeah, you get anywhere where there's uh, the like bay of uh, hail, hay bale. Yeah. I don't know why I was saying hail of bay. Uh, <laughs> hay bale, you, you know, you spread your arms out and then it'll do it. it it's a little, you know, it, they're, they're playing with fire here. I'm sure some, some people are going to nosedive. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're you're supposed to like hold your hands out, and then it just doesn't. Um, I, I didn't really get. I don't get nauseous playing it, so I didn't have any issues. I could see some some people maybe run into issues, but it does have a lot of accessibility, a lot of like customization there. So, right. I think uh, if you do have issues, you'll be able to kind of tone it down or, or or do different things. It 
uh, like before you start doing the real missions, it does have a lot of menus and say like, what do you want to, you know, like how comfortable are you with VR and, and what do you want to tune up or tune down? So I think it'll be, it'll be great for that, but yeah, the, the movement is great. It, the kind of, there's mostly, they're just like self-contained levels, but they're pretty large. Like the second level is um, Ezio's sort of home, Monte Regioni. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got lots of rooftops to climb up on and just there are like sort of side missions where you um, most of them were like uh, kind of traversal, like get through these different checkpoint gates within a certain amount of time. Um, or you're timed. Yeah, it has, it ha- yeah, they're timed. So like, uh. well, but it's, it, you know, it's similar to stuff you would see in Assassin's Creed. It doesn't feel like they shortchanged you okay. on the Assassin's Creed stuff. A lot of talking. So if you're not super big on the lore or yeah. these characters, you you might just be standing around. There were some points where I was like, okay, I'm my feet are hurting at this point. <laughs> just, let's. But it's cool, like because you're you know it's one to one side. You're like in the room yeah. with the people, yeah. Um, and then in in my opinion, the best part is like the stealth. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a lot of that good. Uh, you can just hit a button to crouch, or you can literally crouch and peek around a corner, pick up an item. Throw it over there. The guy goes over to where the item is. Uh, you press a button on the right controller and sort of flick it a little bit, and your uh, hidden blade comes out, and you take him out. It, it That's cool. Feels Assassin's Creed. Um, you can rad. also do that from the air. Yeah, it's. I think you'll love it. I'm so I think excited. Anybody, to play you know, if you it, yeah. if you like Assassin's Creed, even dating earlier, like you're not on board with all the stuff they do now, but you can see like okay, this would actually work really well in VR. It does. And as a standalone Quest 3 game, how does it look? Eh, not the best. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'll be honest. It, it doesn't look the best. The characters, you kind of get up close and the textures. It's not the best looking game. I'll be okay. honest. Um, it's not going to blow you away. Um, It does. So your kind of presentation, your Abstergo element uses AR of like, oh, you're in a room with screens and stuff like that. And you can mm-hmm. also see your your room. The idea is like you're going into a virtual world in the same way you are going into a virtual world. So that's right. pretty neat. But visually, it doesn't hold up under like intense scrutiny. Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, it's it's uh, it's where we are with VR stuff and uh, and standalone, particularly where it's a little, yeah. you know, it's a it's presumably a the best looking VR Quest Three game is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that uh, December. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I think you'll love Nexus. it. I think I'm, you'll love it. I'm super excited about it. I'll tell you that. Uh, I I was not holding my breath that it was going to be any good, especially after they canceled the. Uh, Splinter Cell one because they were you know they announced both of these at the same time Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed were getting VR games and they canceled one of them I was like ah man the other one's going to be shovelware watch I'm really pleased to hear that that's not the case and that it's actually good so are you at all tempted by this Adam at all I, temp- you know I I have an interesting relationship with Assassin's Creed where I loved the original titles and I kind of fell off of it. Um, around Assassin's Creed 3 and I always thought how cool would it be if they managed to do some sort of VR thing where they play with the idea of you getting into the animus right, right. Like that, that just seems like such a natural fit 
So I love the idea of this. And I recently got in back into the series. I got a code for Mirage. Um, and I've been enjoying that quite a bit. But uh, I don't have a quest. So again, I, I feel there kind of left out. But yeah. hopefully, I, I like to see the successes in VR because the more successful it is, the, the, the chances of these games reaching other platforms increases. And I absolutely would play this for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Cool. There you go. Assassin's Creed Nexus, uh, your VR game. And that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Adam Leonard, thank you so much for being here. It's always awesome chatting with you about games. Thank you so much. You bet. It's always great to be here. Again, it's 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 family time, so it's great to spend it with uh, extended uh, it's a Friendsgiving. We'll say that. How about that? Yeah, it was a Friendsgiving. That's a great way to say it. Uh, tell folks, uh, other friends, where they can uh, follow you and all the cool stuff you do online. Yeah, I um, I am the editor-in-chief, the creator of Mega Dads. We are just about to head into our 10th year. Wow, so congrats. very excited. Um, we've been doing this a long time. It's me and a group of like-minded dads across the country talking about games, talking about the challenges of living as a middle-aged dork, trying to balance your game time with your family time. Um, you can find us at megadads.org or youtube.com slash megadads and socials run threads and Instagram at megadads. Please check us out for all of our shenanigans. Very cool. Very cool. Anthony Taormina, thank you for being here. I appreciate you channeling Christian. I know that could not have been easy or comfortable. Uh, you know, his jeans are tight. <laughs> we both know that's true. Yeah. Um, and the mustache, just putting the mustache on. Oh, yeah. Me, putting then. the mustache on, I just want to set fire to it. <laughs> Tell folks where they can keep up with you and the and all the cool stuff you do online. Uh, yeah. So uh, some of the things that I talked about, I'll do written write-ups of uh, most of the handhelds specifically uh, at GameRant.com, where I am editor-in-chief. Uh, or you can just follow me on Twitter. I give recommendations in the gaming and pop culture space. Uh, my Twitter is at AntTormina, A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. And you can follow this here very podcast on threads at DLC Hype Train on threads. Uh, we got some cool updates during the week. We're going to be, we're, we got the, the, the bits, the, the parts of the show, uh, video clips on YouTube for you to enjoy as well. And of course, uh, I mentioned our Discord where folks can hang out. Uh, you can follow me on socials. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I have other shows. The film cast talking about movies and TV shows. Uh, I think we're doing oh, we're doing the killer this week, the new David Fincher movie, and I also do a uh, comedy science show called We Have Concerns with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com, and a uh, sports show uh, called The Fan Controlled Show. You can find that at Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Adam, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I sure do. And, you know, Jeff, once in a while I come on this show and I talk about a movie that I saw with my son that we both loved. 
and you'll be like, oh yeah, we reviewed that one. We, we all thought it sucked. And uh, <laughs> so I, what I did is this week I made sure and listened to the film cast so that I could bring this movie here uh, that I was very excited to talk about. And I know that you enjoyed it as well. I'm talking about the Marvels. I yeah. took my family to the Marvels. And, you know, the thing about taking your kids to the movies or, or really doing any sort of entertainment thing with your kids is it's so great that you, you feed off of their energy, right? The kids don't bring that baked in cynicism that life kind of pours on you when you're in your 40s. You know, they haven't been broken by the world yet. They just love things that are cool. And uh, we walked out of this movie and my son was just jumping out of his skin. He thought it was so much fun. We laughed. It was exciting. My daughter didn't fall asleep. It's just a good time. It's just, it's, it's awesome, right? It, it doesn't have any of the weight or the seriousness. It's just a, a lean and fun and funny Marvel movie that we all enjoyed. Um, the box office isn't doing so well. So I want to, I want to push it yeah. on people who want to bring their kids to just a really good action uh, family film. And I think the Marvels is, is great for that. I agree. It's really a shame to see how it is just absolutely tanking at the box office. Um, $9 million it made the second week. It's just, just brutal, but it does not deserve that. It's very good. Very is, fun. Yeah. Very entertaining. Very, uh, you know, you walk out of it with a smile on your face. Uh, I I'm, chagrined to see how poorly it is doing because it does not deserve that. You know, quantum mania deserved that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But this movie, not so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I second your recommendation for the Marvels. Uh, Anthony tower, Mina, what is your parting gift? My recommendation is, uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off, Ooh. which, uh, just released on Netflix. Yeah. Um, uh, so I big fan of Brian Lee O'Malley's books, um, the Scott Pilgrim books, and then a uh, huge fan, maybe well, they're neck and neck of Edgar Wright's movie. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when they announced, hey, we're working on a Netflix show, Brian Lee O'Malley's involved, um, Edgar Wright is involved, all of the voice cast from the movie, or pretty much all of the voice cast from the movie is involved to voice the same characters. It's going to be animated. It's got um Anna Maguchi who did the music for the Scott Pilgrim Ubisoft game doing the music I thought this this couldn't be more perfect um but we didn't really know what it was uh and you know some people thought oh it's going to be an adaptation of Brian Lee O'Malley's books so that people that haven't seen you know have seen the movie who don't haven't read the graphic novels can experience that story or maybe it's just going to be an animated version of the movie it's neither of those things. I'm not going to tell you what it is, uh, but it is it goes places uh, and it is very, very good. Um, and just getting here, getting to hear those people, Michael Sarah, Scott Pilgrim specifically is super fun. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the Scott Pilgrim universe and you're just kind of saying, well, they they're just doing an animated version of something I already know they are not. Uh, and you will be blown away by this. So cool. I haven't had a chance to watch this yet. I'm so, I mean, I might watch it after we finish recording <laughs> tonight. I'm sure. So, or at least one episode of it. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. So the first episode, you'll watch the first episode and you will immediately go, oh. Awesome. Oh, okay. I'm very excited. Very excited. A great, great parting gift for that. Uh, I have a parting gift uh, that's a little, uh, you know, it's not a media thing. It's, I, I took my son, who is seven, 
uh, to his first hockey game, a live hockey game. We went to see the Colorado Avalanche uh, in, in a hockey game. And uh, I am not a hockey person. I am not a hockey aficionado. I like sports, but um, hockey was never, you know, I'm an American. Uh, that's not, that's, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> A lot of Americans like hockey. I'm not one of them. I never, never, I was a California boy. I didn't have ice skating much when I was growing up. Whatever the case, I didn't get into hockey. I will tell you, I've been to three live hockey games in my life. And every time I go, I walk out saying, man, I could get into this. I could get into this sport. Anyway, decided just on a lark to take uh, my son to see. I found the the tickets to the to the Colorado Avalanche here in 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 Denver area uh, to be pretty reasonable, uh, not too, not too expensive. I think they were like 30 bucks for, wow. you know, not great seats, but it really wasn't a bad seat in the house there at the ball arena in downtown Denver. I, uh, I got to tell you, it was a blast. We had so much fun. Uh, my son loved it. He's never really watched hockey. We don't watch hockey on TV, but it's just such a great live sport to watch. Uh, it, just being in the building, uh, it, it was so much fun and he had a great time. I had a great time and, uh, I, I recommend it. Even if you're not into hockey, if you're looking for something to do, if you're living in a, a city that has a hockey team, maybe take your kids. Uh, I recommend it. It was so much fun. That said, a lot of F-bombs in the crowd around me, you know? <laughs> A hockey crowd. Yeah, uh, that's inescapable. Care. I think no matter this. They don't, yeah, I guess that's the world we live in now. You just can't take your seven-year-old into a public place without expecting to hear people just profane. Yeah, same with a strip joint. You'd be surprised. You can't bring surprised. your kids into anywhere. Yeah, they hear the worst language. <laughs> that's the worst thing about it. Anyway, I recommend live hockey. That's my parting gift. We got a listener-suggested parting gift. This came to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It was sent to us by Jacob. Jacob writes, uh, I'd like to suggest a a tile-drafting board game called Planet. Each player is given a planet, a plastic 12-sided sphere with magnets inside. Each round, you flip over a stack of magnetic pentagonal tiles with terrains on them, usually multiple kinds on the same tile. Each person goes around taking and placing a tile on their planet. After a few rounds building up your planet, the later rounds start to score points based on shuffled objective cards laid out in a row at the start of the game. An example being biggest desert area not touching ice. The uniqueness, in my opinion, comes from the fact that it's a, since it's a sphere, the tiles wrap around and touch. So every segment matters and how... You could have the biggest forest area by far, but if it doesn't meet that secondary requirement, you can't score it. It's easy enough for kids, but thinky enough for adults. And I feel it's a fun entry into the tile placement genre. Also, big thanks to Craving for a Game in Surrey, British Columbia for recommending it to me so that I can pass that recommendation along to you. Well, thanks, Jacob. And thanks to the Craving for a Game folks. Uh, Planet, this is not a game I'm aware of. I have not uh, played it, but I love a tile drafting and placement game in three dimensions. That sounds cool. In a sphere. Very, very cool. Uh, Thanks for uh, sending that along to us, Jacob. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. We love getting them from you. 
All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Adam Leonard and Anthony Taormina for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for the fun bumpers. Thank you also to Jesse J. Anderson, who set up DLCSwag.com, where you can buy cool stuff with our logo on it. Eh, Head over there. Check it out. We also need to thank our patrons, without whom we would not be doing this show. Thank you, patrons. We appreciate you. In fact, if you are a hype train patron, you get your own video game. And you know what? Christian is going to come back and help me do that. I'm joined once again by Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello. Happy to be here. It's my favorite part of the show, to be perfectly honest. I don't want to like... You know, the other parts of the show are fun, but uh, this has truly become my favorite part of the show. Christian's <laughs> new plan is to only show up at this point. Yeah. When we have to talk about games that we uh, remember uh, from a while back. And I know that you know that I know the Dan Flanagan game because that was uh, just so much fun. I mean, so there's games that go down in history as being you know, seminal works and, and important. And then there's games that's just, just fun, you know? Can I admit something? Maybe I shouldn't. Um, you know that show, Our Flag Means Death? Sure. I love that show. What is that? You know, you know what that show's about? Like the, the characters? Mm, what, what was that word again? Pirates. Yeah. So uh, Dan Flanagan, I first played on the Dreamcast. And you might say Our Flag Means Death I, oh, our flag you means didn't, death it. let's just say you didn't purchase the game. I mean, I did later because yeah. I found it so enjoyable and so fun. It's kind of like Bomberman in terms of like, yeah, the, the, the gameplay loop is just so fun. But the Dreamcast also was so easily our flag means death uh, able the games mm, on it. I hear you. Um, Remember Bleem? Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Dream, Bleemcast for. But so that's what I, that's my first experience with Dan Flanagan. And then. Oh, Sure. Now, years later, the amount of merch I own from it, I hope I've paid back my debt. (laughs) I hope so, too. But the thing I like most about that game is that you would have to you would play the levels twice and you'd have to you have to set up all your moves in advance and then you go back and play it the second time. So it was Dan Flanagan's plan and plan again. Right. (laughs) For me, it was often Dan Flanagan plan again, plan again plan again oh you ask your little brother how to do it again um but i I like your humble brag that you're able to do it in two two goes i guess that explains your puzzle game prowess still to this day i loved it man i love the the mental gymnastics that you have to do about planning all your moves in advance setting up all the tiles that you were going to move to and then just watching it play out and then of course seeing seeing the failure the inevitable failure and have to plan it again and the quick load was great, especially back then on disc-based media. I don't know if they were able to preload the level in the background, but it was really awesome that you were able to kind of just jump back in, especially me as I was failing a lot, yeah. knowing that it wasn't going to be a long Dreamcast, you know, four-hour <laughs> reload the level moment before I could yeah, try again. You could uh, – I remember even during the loads, you could play on the VMU, oh, you know, the so little good. mini-game on the VMU. So good. So yeah. I would I would Flanagan – Right now, again, uh, if I could again, <laughs> if you know? we could, but then you'd have to. Our flag means death. It, I think, again, because it's hard, <laughs> hard to get, hard to get hold of that game these days. Bring it out for Steam Deck, the perfect Steam Deck game. Like, True. I think we're ready. 
I think we're ready. Also, uh, you remember the game, the, the Riley Knox game. Dude. What was the what was the tagline? It was like Riley Knox when... rocks your socks. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say opportunity knocks. Oh yes. You know, no, that that was act, that was what it was. Fast You're right. To uh because it was like those very like edgy 90s early aughts gaming like there were so many cringe uh gaming magazine advertisements back then and yeah. riley knox was just not that which felt very yeah. refreshing it was like opportunity knox or yeah yeah you remember, knox, it was like, like a um, lot of the old like daikatana ad which was you know john romero will own you or whatever that's like it was like <laughs> oh, come on opportunity knox was so much more uh sophisticated elegant you know uh not it doesn't talk down to me yeah i didn't need to have like my eyes being ripped out of my socket at like the blaring great wind burst of the and it's like grotesque and like everything and like this game will kill your kids and it's like well that seems a little much um what system did you first play it on i'm curious your first experience i played it on uh, pc first oh wow mouse and keyboard yeah, mouse and keyboard. I felt like that was the way to play it because it. I mean, it was a first-person shooter, and you were uh, you were breaking into Fort Knox. You know, I mean, well, and, shooter is a, a I think a generous way to put. I like yes, you had the gun, but a lot of it too was kind of um, not stealth per se, but there was more to it than just no, especially right. in the era of boomer shooters. You're right. I think it was refreshing. Did you did you uh, put all your points into stealth in that game and just sneak into Fort Knox? Yes. I went in. I went. I have to admit, I went in guns a blazing. Oh wow! No, I yeah. was stealth and persuasion, so I'd get caught, and then I would, yeah. you know, find my way to work my way out of it. But the hard part about that is because of that, I think my whatever it was, my revolver, like two of the chambers were um, permanently blocked. It was like I found like an old decrepit gun. So if I did get into trouble, it was like uh, you messed up. So <laughs> for you, it was opportunity blocks. <laughs> i will tell you this uh something else that rhymes with Knox. you know uh, <laughs> well we My appreciate hawks hawks yes there were there were that was weird how many birds there were in that in that rendition when, of fort Knox. that was when you got to the roof you're waiting for the helicopter and all the hawks came trying to steal oh, your socks and all so you could do was weird. use your arms to blocks uh <laughs> It was a strange ending. You know how the ending of Halo Combat Evolved, you're in the Jeep and you're just trying to escape? Well, it's kind of like that, except you were just fleeing from birds. <laughs> well, when the music, when the music rose, kind of like in Halo, I mean, it rocked. Uh, um, uh, yeah. so it, <laughs> I don't understand why the birds wanted all your gold so badly. <laughs> but, you know, it was a different time. It was a different time. We well, want your you. gold! We want your gold! <laughs> Give me the gold! uh thank you to uh dan flanagan and riley knox for supporting the show at the hype train level we are grateful if you'd like to have your own video game created by us for you get over there to patreon.com slash dlc pod all right thanks again for listening folks we'll see you next week have a happy thanksgiving and until then Think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.